The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod, Pod Yourself a Gun. Gun. A Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and talk about it. Uh, yeah, no, he didn't do it. Nope. Sometimes I Why wait you for have it. that one? Sometimes I wait. Um, just a friendly reminder uh, to please give us five stars and review on the Apple podcast store um i know i say this every week and every week i mean it so please actually do it because uh i'm you know i'm getting annoyed i like reading the reviews it's the only time i really get to feel special so please please do that um also patreon.com slash frockcast the second tier uh the eight dollar tier is pot yourself a shout out and uh we do have some new uh patrons today so we'll be shouting you out at the very end of the episode you didn't even put them on the document so i could read them oh yeah my bad i'll do that i've had a busy day dude uh i can't even i like listen i'm a busy man and i know you had had to take your nana to green grove I had to take my nana to Green Grove. Turns out men and cookie are total cunts. It's a it's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Um but before we get into that, uh, I would like to introduce our guest today. Now, our guest today is a very special guest. Not only is he a very funny Los Angeles-based comedian, but he is also the producer of Pod Yourself a Gun. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up loud for Brent Flyberg. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes, thank you. Applause. This is yeah. yeah uh, great to be here. Longtime producer, first time guester. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm very excited to have you. You know, it's uh, we we you've been uh, producing this podcast. You've been doing a great job. You know, you you help me out every week, and uh, you write the best descriptions. We and, just figured uh, that you know you catch more flybergs with honey. Uh, <laughs> oh wow! Than you do with vinegar, wow. and we thought we'd have them on finally. That's good. You know, I don't think I've heard that before. That's that's impressive <laughs> that you found a new one, a new angle that, on Flyberg. You know, what's great is that that is also uh, him tying it into this episode of The Sopranos. That's something that, uh, oh, you're that, right. yeah. that Ralphie <laughs> says, gotta, which is you got to mark this really one. That's impressive. the best segue I'll ever do. That really <laughs> is. But the problem is, is it's not a segue because we have to do the thing where I intro and ask, uh, hey, Brent, you like The Sopranos? I do. I like it a lot. Um, I hadn't seen any of it until like maybe a year and a half ago. And then it was a thing like my girlfriend at the time, we started watching it like Christmas around like Christmas, I think 2019. 
Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. during the quarantine, like early quarantine, just finished it all in like a couple of months. So this is it's still pretty fresh, but this is like the second time I had seen this episode. And then your love died yeah. somewhere along the line after that. Yeah. Yeah. I think The Sopranos was the only thing keeping us together, if I'm being honest. The, and yeah. Once we ran uh, out of that. If I'm real with you, that is a thing. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I have been in relationships before that I've been like, if we can last through this full series of the Sopranos, we can last through anything. You know? <laughs> and uh and actually I'll be real, it hasn't turned out to be true. I've gone through the Sopranos with a couple of girlfriends, <laughs> but in this case, it is now turning out to be good. Um, well, so, like some, so, you know, but, some couples have a baby to s- try to to try to keep the, the relationship, relationship together. Like you need a series. You need to have a don't need to have mm-hmm. a child. You just need to have a prestige TV st- series to keep you together. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for some people, you know, it's like six feet under or like fucking, you know, the wire. But you know, for me, it's uh, the Sopranos. The Sopranos in the room. Those are my. That's my gauge for whether or not I'm going to really get into a good relationship with somebody. Like if you if you can watch the room and get why it's really really funny, um, or watch the Sopranos and get why it's really really funny, then I fucks with you. That's how it works. Oh, um, I guess I've never I've still never seen the room. Sorry to to hurt your. No, feelings, it's but. it's fine, dude. It's fine. It's you're fire, but it's fine. No, like. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's just like, it's one of those things. I mean, I'll be honest. Most people watch the room and they think it's funny. So it's not really a good test, but (laughs) I feel like it's a good way of weeding out people who like my brother, for example, I tried to show him the room and he was just like, "Ah, I get it. It's bad. And he left. And I was like, see, I need someone. (laughs) I need someone with a bigger attention span. (laughs) And I need someone who watches Sopranos and isn't like freaked out by the titties and the meat. Hmm. And the mm. violence, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and especially like if if you watched it with someone who liked it but didn't think it was funny somehow, yes. that would yeah. be a huge red flag. Yeah. Dating someone who just thought Tony was cool. It's <laughs> 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 not something you see. There's not too many women who are who Scarface poster people. Who, who they just no. think Tony is cool and they're always doing pranks on you. Yeah, that's a that's yeah. bad. bad There's not or they're too like, many. We're totally, we're such Adriana and Chrissy. Like, that's yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? What do you mean? You know how they're like cool and quirky and it's yeah. like, they're junkies and dying. <laughs> and yet um, still one of the healthier relationships on this show. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, it is, uh, but you know, the Sopranos contains multitudes, dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, before we get into this episode, we must first, of course, as we all know, play the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. Fuck yeah. All right, yeah, ladies that, and that hits different j- when you're in the guest chair. <laughs> yeah, isn't that nice? Yeah, yeah dude. Rules. Yeah. I mean, it's a fucking, it's a prestigious ass fucking guest <laughs> chair. We've had people from such podcasts as 
Chapo Trapo and uh, and Cummy Tummy and uh, and uh, uh, Hollywood Murder Guys, uh, you know. So my favorite you, band, Sleeve Six. Yeah, Sleeve Six was here doing their song "Cut My Life Into Pieces." This is my last Eve Six. Um, all right, so today. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about, from Season 4 of The Sopranos, Episode 8, Mergers and Acquisitions. Uh, Vince, can you uh, break us off a little piece of that synopsis? Sure. I mean, they were going in-depth for a little bit with the, with the synopses, and then they were. now they're back to uh, the terse Kurt ones, you know, like we're, like ugh, like they're trying to give us the blow-off or something. Um, yeah, I don't, they're they're just they're mad at us because we keep clowning him. Yeah, Paulie has to take care of some rough relationships for his mother, while Tony's fancy for a fellow horse fancier lands him in trouble with Carmela. <laughs> I mean, it was worth. That's interesting. There. That yeah. that's kind of fun. That yeah. one was a solid B plus on that synopsis. Is pretty good. Double down um, on fancy. Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, that's not bad. Sometimes maybe they're upping their game. What if they hired Brent? <laughs> like, they hired you because they were like, he's really good at descriptions on uh, Pod Yourself a Gun. Maybe you can do him for IMDb. Um, I mean, HBO Max, if you're out there, I am still technically underemployed. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you know what would be sick? Um, you don't if, really like, believe that we make our producer pee in a bottle, do you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow, who can believe such to. a story? I want to pee in the bottle. Yeah, you like peeing in a bottle. You like that we have an app that controls, uh, you know, <laughs> how much you're taking notes during the show. Um, Vince, what was happening when this episode was coming out? Oh, well, I think what you're saying is that you cannot evaluate any art mm-hmm. outside of the context uh, in which it was, was created. You know, sure and was. so for that, we go to the Remember When machine. What? What? Remember when is the lowest form of conversation. That's right. We're going all the way back to November 3rd, mm. 2002. Uh, you know, there was planes flying over southern Iraq uh, for practice oh, runs. Where, where, um, oh, the practice. Practice planes. Threats and responses. The military... U.S. pilots in Gulf use southern Iraq for practice runs. Uh, when Navy warplanes <laughs> roar off the flight deck of this aircraft carrier in the Persian Gulf, their official mission is to patrol the no-flight zone in southern Iraq. But they also have an unadvertised task, practicing bombing runs against Iraqi targets. Imagine uh, the practice that that takes to fly a plane and drop the bombs. Like, you know, I'm not trying to denigrate the uh the career of a uh, guy who bombs people but i'm just saying like you know practicing it feels funny to me you know like do they <laughs> have like are they water balloons it's hard they drop it's hard to fly the plane yeah what are they dropping? i don't think yeah i mean that's a question are they opening up and just candies flying out you know just, <laughs> just party like, flyers. one day they just drop nick wafers and they're like oh i'd rather it was a bomb uh, we really weren't fooling anybody with you know this whole build-up to the war I know. we spent six the, the, months being like we you better not make us do war to you you yeah, better not make, make us, us do it, it. why are you bombing yourself boots. why why are you bombing yeah. yourself huh <laughs> 
This podcast has been a real reminder of how much time, because in my memory, it was like 9-11, war in Iraq. Like, mm-hmm. might yeah, as well immediate. the next day. Yeah. I forgot how much time, yeah, we spent just like in the news every day being like, we're we're going to do it. Don't make us yeah, do yeah. it. I remember Don't all make this us do very it. well because it coincided with my like study abroad time, which is the mm. worst thing that can happen to you is when like the U.S. is being like a giant dick uh, in, yeah. in in the you know in geopolitics and then being outside of your home country just at that point. Ugh. Oh yeah. I mean, it would have been worse if I was anywhere but Australia. But like every once in a yeah. while, uh, you know, someone would like be excited because I was American, and then I knew that that. Oh, person that's even sucked. weirder. Yeah, like it was yeah. guaranteed that that person was really shitty, and I didn't want to talk yeah. to him. That's um, not a war on terror. This is a war on terror. <laughs> yeah. You know, because uh, he's Australian. I lived in Australia for a little while in like 2012. So this was like peak Obama. And people, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they loved, did you vote for Obama? Did you vote for Obama? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's yeah, sick, I though. did. And they were, st- yeah, they were so, st- it was the best time to be living abroad, honestly. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. That's a like, I remember be, all the stories yeah. about people being so stoked on Obama uh, and being like, God damn it, why couldn't I have been outside of the country at this time? Fucking. Yeah, no, you picked the wrong time to be, yeah, because you've got the, the worst of both worlds. You, know, you got most people thinking you're just a pig-ass American, uh, which, fair enough, and then you've got <laughs> some people who are very excited to meet a fellow fascist. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. <laughs> Guten Tag, my good sir. Well, it wasn't my you're fault. Just, like, Ooh. when I left, you know, everybody felt sorry for us, and then I got there as soon as it was like, oh, yeah, we're gonna go bomb somebody, and, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Ooh, yeah, not great. Yeah, not great. Yeah. People just coming up to you. Hey, how's that uh, war on terror going? Not so well, huh? <laughs> it's too bad. Kangaroo. All right. Yeah. You know, I've done my. What else was happening? Um. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, assault on Wall Street misdeeds lifts Spitzer's U.S. profile and makes enemies. Uh, Elliot Spitzer, New mm. York's Attorney General, who is seen by some as the scourge of Wall Street says he has given no thought to his political future beyond standing for re-election tomorrow. If that is true, Uh-oh. then he is the only person in New York politics who is not. From the time he took office in 1999, Mr. Spitzer showed a daring eye for high-profile cases and a talent for publicity. But his yeah, assault uh, this year... I, I, definitely the, an eye. <laughs> ...on the seamier habits of leading brokerage houses has vaulted him to another plane, a national figure with a higher profile than many governors and senators. Uh, yeah. Fortune magazine. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he could uh, be caught soliciting prostitutes by sketchy financial transactions, which doesn't seem fishy at all. You know, it just goes to show you that uh, all New York politicians are scumbags. And I think that Spitzer was the yeah. good one. He just happened to be like a sex weirdo, and it fucked and it fucked everyone because of it. Yeah, you know, I that's true. Collapsed yeah. Spitzer and Wiener in my head. What did Spitzer yeah. do? So Spitzer was he, the one who was he, actually like he was the scourge of Wall Street. He was like actually like leading that the charge. That sounds cool. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. He was like doing <laughs> cool things. And then yeah. he got caught by supposedly because of these uh I actually wrote, I remember writing about this in grad school, but it was like he yeah. had gotten caught for they actually talked about it in this in this episode when Carmela is uh, giving cash to different brokerage houses and she's doing it under $10,000. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you do it over $10,000, it will trigger a suspicious transaction report and people will right, actually look into it. Right, you have to report it to the IRS or something. And so Spitzer knew that 
and all his payments to prostitutes were under $10,000, but they got flagged as suspicious anyway for unclear right. reasons, and no one has ever yeah. said why. It's like, yeah, it's like when you and all your friends go to a, a bar, and they're, they're like, how old are you? And everyone's like, we're all 21. And you're just like, mm, I don't think, I think something is going on here but was but, uh, he like using public funds or is this one of those things where it's like he was just a sex pervert i think he was a sex guy i think he was just and, a and sex was, guy yeah oh, he, he was buying he was buying high class prostitutes which like i mean fucking, if you're gonna be a go, fucking politician you're of course you're gonna be a sex weirdo they all are uh, there's no also, other reason to be in politics other than to like be a sex and weirdo. what's wrong you know I, what's so wrong with it if she you know she's making 10 grand or at least nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine and 99 cents <laughs> in two separate you know? installments look and, that's why prostitution yeah, just, should be legal like yeah i don't exactly. give a shit if some guy's uh soliciting prostitutes who cares if they're of age yeah who gives a shit everyone's consenting there's money involved everyone's having a good time yeah. you know what's, what's the big deal but uh yeah no spitzer was the one who had the uh i think it was my first experience other than i don't even know if hillary did this with with uh with bill but um but it was my first experience of like a politician doing one of those like press conferences with a really angry wife yeah. in the back pretending Why? that like, everything's God. chill like that's even worse that than cheating for? on her. Yeah, that's even worse than cheating on her is like making her be there during that fucking press conference. I sorry. You're just like, all right. I think Kobe <laughs> Bryant she... was technically the first one, but I understand why you might have blocked that out, Matt Lieb. Um Yeah, no, I, I don't that one doesn't I don't think about that one. <laughs> yeah. And that was, was not sorry. a consenting adult. I don't know if you guys remember. All that. right, you know, <laughs> just <laughs> Let's let dead dogs be dead or something. There's sure. a phrase there. <laughs> sure, yeah. Come on. Let, yeah. Well, he's let dead mambas lie. He's raping he's raping the angels lie. now. Oh, come on. <laughs> 81 points. Yeah. In one game. Um It's a lot of points. You can't do that. Sorry. Yeah, no. He was bad. I think it's okay to say that he was bad. Anyway, uh on it's Wednesday of this week, mm-hmm. um, of this week in 2002, uh, Jam Master J from Run DMC was murdered. Uh, R.I.P. Yeah, I, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. I remember being like, now? That was my thought. <laughs> right. It was like, seems kind of late in the game to murder him. Like, you know. Yeah, you think you make it to however old he was and you're not going to get it's murdered. It's kind of like, uh, and I think this happens in the same year. It's kind of like when um, the lead singer of Alice in Chains ODs I think he died in like 2002, and I remember going, "Wow, yeah." Because again, I was just Same like, "Same with uh, Scott yeah. Weiland." Oh yeah, I guess so. Jam Master J was, was only 37, which is, uh, yeah, okay. yeah. He seemed old. Was it when I was? Was it in a recording studio too? Is yes, that where it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. 37 still too old to get murdered in a recording studio. You got to be like 25 or under for that to make. Sense. 37 is too old to be in a recording studio. Let's be real. <laughs> Unless you're podcasting, if hey, you're now. trying to rap. At that age, let's be real. Come I on, I think he was only producing. podcasting. Anyway, um, even so, uh, the top movies in the country were The Santa Claus Two, Hell Yeah, well-known sequel, mm-hmm. The Ring, uh, and mm-hmm. I Spy. Mmm, nice. Uh, top song in the top pop song in the country was "Lose Yourself" uh, by Eminem. Mom's spaghetti, oh, just Absolute classic. Such was, a good hit. It was. It was a great song, dude. 
Eight Mile, it was one of my greatest guilty pleasure movies. Anytime Eight Mile was on cable, I was watching that whole thing. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. one of those movies. It's like Shawshank. If it's on, I'm watching it. It's not as on as much as Shawshank is, but it's like it's just one of those movies where you're just like, yeah, I, I liked it. What can I say? Greg it was good. Bull, it was a good movie. This ain't cool. Me, you, and him, we went to the same school. He's banging <laughs> school. my mom. Yeah. 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 Cheddar Clarence Bob when he shot have himself. a real good marriage. Yeah. <laughs> All the great. time. All the yeah. time. Uh, RIP Brittany Murphy left us too soon. I know. Um Yeah. Top rock song uh was I You Know You're Right by Nirvana. Oh right. This is when they had like a best of or something came out yeah. and there was like a a new single that was like a deep cut that never got released. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, that was the one that uh, Courtney Love kept in her back pocket after she had him killed and she was like, I'm gonna release this in like ten uh-huh. years and make a ton of money off of it. I mean not even ten. That shit was eight years. She couldn't she couldn't wait. <laughs> She's like, I need that money. <laughs> yeah. Um all that man on the moon money dried up real fast. <laughs> yeah. Parody, parody, uh, allegedly. Um, allegedly. I don't think Courtney Love has has litigious lawyers to her credit that I that I know of. Maybe, maybe she does. I guess we'll find I, out. I imagine she does. She feels litigious to me. I don't know why. There's something about her that just screams litigation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. There's something about. Oh. Well, so that was the uh, that was the remember yeah. when machine. Ah, well, that's good. Uh, good remember when machine. A lot of great stuff happening. Um, and yeah, let's talk about this episode, Mergers and Acquisitions. Um, Another bad so, title, got to say. That's not a great title. Horrible title. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. I mean, I, I did spend a good amount of money. Uh, money. I spent a good amount of time wondering what, like, I mean, I get it because you've got some mergers and you got some acquisitions. You know, the mergers are, are fucking you know when oh, they yeah. when they okay. have sex i mean tony's definitely uh, acquiring mm-hmm. a new gumar and acquiring a racehorse mm-hmm. um right i don't, I don't know what the, yeah i mean i kind of think that's it. it it's just one of those things where you're like yeah because karm is interested in finance and because uh you know tony has acquired uh uh valentina but uh but yeah before we get into all of that people should know the individual things that happen on this episode which mm-hmm. is why i present to you the Bada B stories, which this time, you know, I feel like I peaked at um, my O Girl cover, uh, the one that was sped up, uh-huh. you know, because I don't think anything could be better than that. So uh, once again, I'm going acapella. Okay. Um, Ooh, I love it when yeah. you go acapella. Well, fuck it's a Papa our- Doc, fuck a clock, fuck a trailer. Uh, <laughs> That's an awfully hot coffee pot. <laughs> Should I make some decaf? Probably not. Valentina pranks like Tyra Banks. Prays to prey on higher ranks while Ralphie sits alone and wanks. Snuffleupagus. Carm's had enough of this. Finds a nail in the coffin and fills her coffers up again. Tony psychoanalyzes like why though? Does Ralphie want to get analyzed like a psycho? Think. Bates Motel, trapped in his own personal hell while the skeleton of his mom beats him up with a bell. Furio wants that cookie like Nucci Gaultieri. She's small, but her son is scary. Polly Wally want to doodle all over that noodle of the high school principal who's soft like strudel. 
Cock-a-doodle-doo. Union dues. Cancer don't respect nothing. That's the Bada B story, my dudes. <laughs> Very good. Very Thank good. you. Thank I, you. I give this freestyle a seven. Wow. Unbelievable. And that's, did you know we were going to talk about Eminem or is that a coincidence? Uh, that actually was a coincidence, dude. Damn. I just, uh, I, you know, I, I wanted her to go acapella and uh, fucking, it's just, it's just, that's the thing. Synchronicity. He, he knew he only had Synchronicity. one shot. Synchronicity. <laughs> watch Felicity on uh, KTLA 5 right after Dawson's Creek. All right. All right. You know, Vince, you usually enjoy <laughs> me more. It. I liked it. <laughs> I need I need the positive reinforcement. It was great. Um, right. I, I love it when you do the awful hot coffee pot rap. It's I'm weird to think back it. to 2002 when Eminem was like legitimately good. And now you listen to him and you're like, what the fuck happened to you, man? It's weird because he's like the older he gets, the more his higher pitched voice is like, why are you doing this? Bro? Well, the more he thinks that like uh, the key to being good at rap is not being like clever and interesting, but like talking fast. Like he's like, no, I need to rhyme well, and, better and talk faster. It's like it's rhyming I mean, more. His yeah. whole thing is rhyming more. If you rhyme more, then you're a better rapper, yeah. you know? Which, uh, Which and, no. and you know, like, he, no, no. Remember when you were like funny and like interesting? Do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what changed is he stopped being funny and it became more like edge lordy. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, he started kind of getting like, um, political, but more, more so he got personal. Um, and he's always been relatively personal, but it always felt, uh, legitimate. But like now his like whole vibe is, I don't know. Maybe he just embraces too much being a uh, middle-aged recovering addict. I think and, it's. Uh, uh, I think certain some people get to a certain point in their career, and all they hear is like people talking shit about them, and they feel yeah. compelled to constantly respond. Kind of like David so Simon true. on Twitter, where it's like, "Bro, yeah, you don't need to call everyone a cockholster. Like, we don't. <laughs> yeah. No I love one cares it. about those people. Like, you made yeah, no, he a bunch was, of he amazing like, shows." Eminem was like the first like Glenn Greenwald, yeah. like just yeah. like any rapper, you, people you've never heard of talking shit. And he would just like mention, he would name drop them in a song and then they'd be famous. And you'd be like, you didn't, you could just ignore them. You're doing great. Yeah, that's because it was like someone would casually use his name and he would release a four minute track. Because, yeah. Yeah. Just it him would... spitting hot fire for four minutes about how much he <laughs> hates Juice World or Excentacion yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's fucking like, you don't need to do this. Yeah, Juice World's going to die soon, dude. Don't worry <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah. All yeah, of these guys are Zanny addicts. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, well, you know, all these guys, they're addicted to Xanax. Anyway, so. I got to say. Let's talk about. Yeah, so we could talk about this episode. That's what you were going to say. Um, mm-hmm. I got to say, this was a fantastic, especially like after the after the relative disappointment of last episode, this one yeah. really brought the hot fire. Like it had a yeah. full arc. There was like mm-hmm. multiple laugh out loud lines. Uh, it mm-hmm. was it was classically like the mafia is both scary and uh, pathetic and petty in equal measure. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm, like, yeah, mm-hmm. these guys are petty pieces of shit and they might kill you, which I really feel like gets to the root of the mafia and what's good about yeah. the show. And especially, uh, every single character is a huge piece of shit and, uh, yeah. and it's great. That's the, what, that's like all, that's all the things that I want out of the Sopranos yeah. and this one delivered, I think. It, it, it showed to me their kind of like, uh, unique 
the uniquely scumbag way they are and it's like they're scumbags in different ways like they all hate women but it shows how they all hate women differently which (laughs) is like appreciated because you know like most of them just hate women kind of the normal (laughs) the polite way you know they're constantly cheating and you know kind of talking down to them and whatnot but then some are like ralphie and uh they dislike women so they uh, sexually need to be humiliated by them. So, so it's they can uh, bottom from the top. Bottom from the top, dude. We, okay, so Which if we're going to go into that, yeah. like, I feel like she got it backwards. Isn't he topping from the bottom? Um, No, because he's bottoming. He's bottoming. Yeah, like, he, so he's in he's, control. Yeah, he's bottoming, but he's in control. So he's actually, he's the top while he's bottoming, no? No, but he's bottoming because he's being penetrated. So that's yeah, like exactly. the... the yeah, so he's he's bottoming from he's, the top, right? Oh, wait, topping from the he's bottom. Topping from the because he's on the bottom, but he's actually the top. Hmm. Mm. I don't know. It's just hurting my head a little bit. My brain hurts. <laughs> I'm trying to. Th- it's like a math problem. Yeah, yeah. Like who who is top and why is what is definition of transitive property of bottom? If a, um, if a top leaves. Cleveland at 8.45 going... <laughs> when does he bottom? <laughs> yeah. What time will the top bottom if he's going 60 miles per hour in that butthole? Yeah. Um, How long will it take to rub his dick raw with a cheese grater? <laughs> yeah. Greatest line. Which, yeah. pretty incredible. Like, the the amount of, like, uh, kind of kink shaming that goes on in this episode is, to me, is the perfect amount. It's the most appreciated because, like, in general, obviously, in real life, I would never be so crass as to kink shame someone. Um, but I do feel like we've come to a point in the kink shaming conversation where it's like, I'm not trying to shame anybody, but some people's kinks are weird and funny, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and that's way better than your kink being dark. You know, and mm-hmm. so I say uh, I like the amount of kink shaming they do on this episode. I mean, they they go from the ridiculous, like rubbing his his dick with a cheese grater to pouring hot wax on his balls. And uh, like uh, just but this is I like, appreciate it. This is very much um, like a proto army hammer situation because like the whole fun of the army hammer story was like, oh, yeah. Oh, finally, this boring guy turns out to be a sex weirdo. Uh, and he wants yeah. to like he says he wants to eat people, which was really fun. Uh, and then, you know, like a week into it, someone's like, oh, yeah, he also like raped me a ton. And you're like, God, yeah, damn it. Why yeah. couldn't we yeah. just. Well, same Why with can't Ralphie. there be a sex weirdo? Yeah, same like, with Ralphie. There's yeah, got to be a... Someone who's just a pure weirdo. Nothing yeah. malicious. Yeah. Just You just like weird sex stuff. We want to hear about yeah. that. That's fun. Because so th- yeah. you can be a weird sex pervert without being like doing things non-consensually. Like it exists. Mm-hmm. It definitely does. But the more cases that come out, and I'm not saying this because I'm like, I'm one of those people, but let's be real, you know? I'm a weird guy, but it's like we're the all more, that weirdo to someone. We're all that weirdo to someone. Everyone's got different levels, you know, but like, yeah, the more cases that come out about like, oh, someone has got some weird sexual proclivities and then uh, an accusation comes out, the more like the more that people are just going to you know, like start moralizing about weird sex, Mm, you know, like online people will be like, if your boyfriend wants to do anal, there's something misogynist about it. And you're just like, no, no, stop, stop. Some people are just, some people just like weird. There's nothing wrong with that. Some people just want someone to put something in their butt. That's just like, 
feels good. What I love about it is Tony is just, it's really just, Tony just wants to know if this counts as sex. Yeah. That's all oh, that he is. wants to know. Yeah. No, but have Does you guys this like, count? have you guys like done it, done it though? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We should because we should. property right. and you mark your territory by penis and va- vagina. What is he yeah. saying? Penis and vulva. Oh yeah, the the best malapropism in the episode. She could technically not have penisary contact with her Volvo, yes. which is mm, like yeah. he's he's trying to get clinical with like mm-hmm. if they if his dick has not been inside of her, then it's then it, I'm good. Then I'm clean. Yeah. You know, it's then he I'm just okay. doesn't. He doesn't want to share parts. He doesn't want to be uh, Eskimo brothers mm-hmm. with uh, with Ralphie, which um, I mean, fair enough, you know. Yeah. But, uh, well, let's uh, let's start at the he, beginning. I mean, we okay. yeah we we got we got ahead of ourselves. Well, the episode starts with with Furio and uh, oh, his yeah. dad is has the cancer, and uh, yes, yeah, as he says, uh, cancer don't respect nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually I have a I have a clip of that. You're coming back. I'm up so. Immigration, they make problems. Well, maybe Tony can help with that. What are you still doing here? I thought you were flying out to Naples. I used to drop off the shirts from Batsy's guy. All right, but you should be on your way to see your old man. Cancer is everywhere in his body. Cancer don't respect nothing. You know, he started in his car. any money. There's something about, like, the fact that this is probably the first time Furio has ever started a sentence where he's clearly going to say something personal to Tony. And Tony is just like, no, 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 no. He's like, he he starts off this episode super not in the mood for other people's Michigas. And uh, I kind of respect that. That's that's the great thing about Tony is even when he's a piece of shit, he's uh, he's somewhat relatable. And and he's just going through this thing where he's like, look, 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 I don't. I don't need to hear about cancer and death uh, this early in the morning. Yeah. Leave me alone. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's like, he's literally just going, I will give you money to stop talking about your dying (laughs) father. Yeah. Like that is, it's pretty wild, but yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. Sometimes you just don't want to hear it, you know? And which is a shitty position to be in. If you're the one who has like tragedy has befallen, uh, because you're just like, who can I talk to about this stuff? Uh, without them pulling a Tony on me and trying to give me money, you know, especially because uh, he like hangs out with Tony all day, every day. Yeah. It seems like, and he's like the one, yeah, the one time he's like, "Well, my dad." It's like, sh- yeah, shut up and take money, leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, we are not friends. We are coworkers. I'm your boss. Right. Exactly. Here. This is unprofessional. I have to talk to HR about. Well, you're this. supposed to be the. <laughs> you're supposed to be the angry foreign headcracker, and now I got to hear about uh, you know yeah. your yearning and you going back to Naples and burying your dad. Oh. What are you? What are you? A person or something? Get yeah, out of here! Like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa! I've seen you murder like three people in front of my eyes, and one of them was like an Asian woman. Like in these times, you know, this is. You, I've seen you do hate crimes, and now you want to talk to me about cancer. Me, meanwhile, though, Furio is. I love the line: "Cancer don't respect nothing," because. <laughs> Why would it like, <laughs> like they, they always look at everything through the lens of respect. Cause mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they're fucking meatheads. And, uh, it's uh, like almost, he would expect, like <laughs> expect cancer to be like, whoa, I would not, I'm not going to fuck with the dawn, you know, or I'm not going <laughs> to, I gotta, I gotta obey the rules. Like uh, as if cancer is just another soldier in the mafia. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty great. Um, but yeah, uh, Tony doesn't want to talk, and uh, he's he's not into it. And it, this scene immediately leads into 
um, one of the funniest Polly scenes in an episode filled with Polly just being the fucking best. With a great Polly episode. Oh, such a good Polly episode. Um, we get into uh, the fact that like Furio, because he's not going to, you know, uh, he's going to be leaving for Naples, uh, is not going to be driving Tony. So Tony is like, "Don't worry, I'm going to get my own driver. Everything will be fine." And we cut to Polly <laughs> driving Tony in Who is the one worst? of my favorite. You think getting drawn into Furio's bullshit is bad? Try getting drawn <laughs> into lifelong bachelor uh, slash <laughs> mama's boy high school dropout Polly. Holy shit! Oh man, uh, to you know, especially because Polly is just known for not knowing how to shut the fuck up, and uh, and yeah, so and yeah, he immediately goes to colostomy bags, which is like the, <laughs> like the least. He appetizing colostomy bag. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I actually not I have, for a, nothing. I have a clip. Of- oh, okay, all right. We'll play that. Yeah. Not for nothing. You think he's going to have to shit in the bag? You think he wears a bag? Who wears what? You know, a colostomy bag. Furio's on man. How the fuck would I know that? Because my mom, maybe, maybe not, has to get one. Can we not talk about this? Or we can talk about any topic you like, T. Good. Just that now with Maro squared away to go to Green Grove. For fuck's sake, Paulie. Everybody's gonna get old and die. Am I driving you tomorrow too? No, I'll drive myself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god. I mean they're they're so not made for each other as friends or co-workers, like I feel I feel bad for Paulie because I feel like he is someone who is very emotionally open he's he's very he's raw and he's like he needs someone to talk to he's yeah but because he just he's a gangster too much but pride to go to therapy he's also a lonely old bachelor like he you've met <laughs> a version of Polly like in every bar or coffee shop in there's you know there's yes. some guy there who doesn't have anyone else to talk to and he mm-hmm. needs he needs an ear and yeah. it's gonna be you and if you sit down yeah if you sit down next to him count down to five minutes until he brings up a colostomy bag or his mom or something and you're like so true yeah when i was he i does mean look yeah when i was like you know single but like living by myself uh in a work from home job like in san francisco where i got all these like you know bars and coffee shops to go to i, I every once in a while i'd have one of those moments where i was like oh man why don't I just go like become like a regular uh, at a bar? Go like I can go to all these places alone. I don't need anybody. And then and then you always meet a Polly there, and they ruin it, and you immediately have to leave. Like you sit down, you're like, oh, this is yeah. great. I'm having a drink. And then by like, but usually before the second drink, there's going to be someone who just like starts talking to you, and it's the Yammering. kind of person that uh, their neediness is just um, the most off putting thing ever and you're like yeah. I, I will flee i will chew my you arm can, off to get out of here you can see it in people's faces i feel like i have like a good sixth sense for strangers yes. you know uh who are about to like cry you right. know what i mean right. like if you talk to them <laughs> if you dig even a little bit like i have like crydar where like there's people who i know like don't get in a conversation with that person. They want one desperately and they yeah. desperately need to talk to someone, which is why you must avoid them like the plague. Yeah, yes. So really 
I think living <laughs> in cruelty. a big living in a big city like teaches you that skill because I'm sometimes I'm around like my Fresno friends and and I'll see like one of those people like at the bar and I like I see him and I'm like oh, I'm staying at least ten feet from this person and then mm-hmm. my friends that are just like, they'll just like wander into it and I'm like no what are yeah, you like, what are you doing yeah. there were so many <laughs> red flags like yeah like do you I'm do you not know guys. not to talk. I'm not good. I can't say no to people. So like I'll get mm. stuck in really long conversations. I almost got kissed me on the neck the other day. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> True story. Um, How? How did my, get close? Close? This guy, Gary. So like I, I'm like, I know some of oh, the you people know, in my neighborhood. You know Gary. Okay. I know Gary. Gary's cool. And he was like, I don't yeah. know, dude. He was having a rough day. And he was saying like he was like mumbling and like clearly emotional. And at one point he was mm. like can I just have a hug, man? Can I just have a hug? And he's like, oh. I don't know. He's, he looks cleaner than most of the people I know. So it's like, whatever. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. I'll give you a little, and I'm vaccinated. So I was like, whatever. And yeah, he, he, he's closer than like most of the housed me. people, you know? Yes, exactly. And he kind of gave me like a Christian side hug was what, uh-huh. how it, like how he approached it. So I was like, yeah, this is fine. And then he just like yeah. swung in and put one right there Ooh. on my neck. And I was like, all right, um, <laughs> Please, you know, we don't have to do that. That's it's fine. It's fine, but no thanks. Yeah, I'm like you too. I can't say no either. But that's why I have developed the uh, like the sixth sense about when it's going to happen, so I can avoid. Like if if mm-hmm. they actually trap me in the conversation, I have a hard time noping out of it. But that's why yeah. I do everything yeah. to avoid it before it starts. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I'm the same. I can't. I can't. Uh, if it starts, then I'm too polite to stop it. Um, but that's why I'm literally always walking around with headphones in and looking down at my phone because I'm like, nope, you're not going to trap me today, mm-hmm, lonely yeah. people. Yeah, I used to and, bring uh, before. Yeah. yeah, before smartphones, I would you know bring a book places, and then every once in a while mm-hmm. you get someone who's so bold that they're just like, hey, what you reading? <laughs> oh god you've got it that, that's like one of those things where i'm like you fucking sociopath yeah like you, that, yeah. you, you know exactly what you're you doing what this you're that's doing. like a yeah. pickup line for friends you know that's that you're just trying to pick me up right now i'm not interested in a new friend <laughs> i don't have time not that kind of friend um so yeah so uh tony's driving with Polly, uh and then you know because this is all part of the plot that tony's trying to step away from doing like actual business with people he's trying to delegate (laughs) which i think is kind of the weakest it's interesting it's it's not the weakest plot because it doesn't really appear all that much in it but it's to me it's the one i have the least to say about because the episode is mostly about you know ralphie's kink and nucci having trouble at green grove and carmella wanting to like get some money um and tony's storyline kind of dissects mostly with the money and the uh um and the this this the Ralphie's kink um but the mafia part of this episode is the fact that he's trying to get Sill and Chrissy to be basically doing all the business and he calls the shots but they they do all the in person meets and talking and uh the so most he interesting could think part more about globally which means yeah, sitting yeah. at the mall looking sad which is <laughs> <laughs> the best thing about it is the fact that like he doesn't know what to do with himself. He's reached this level where he's no longer like a, you know, he's no longer he, I mean, he hasn't been a middle manager for a long time, but now he's like boss boss, like boss to the point where he doesn't get near crime. Mm-hmm. And because it's he's boss boss of the mafia at the decline of the American Empire, 
all he can do all day is go to the mall and like <laughs> hang out near a smarter image and like yeah. check out the jewelry stores there you know it's yeah. like it's the most beautiful distillation of this declining culture both like uh, both the american you know general culture and also the mafia culture yeah and he i mean it's like it's mostly a means to other stuff but it's funny like to compare it to last episode which was all about a scam Whereas this one, mm-hmm. like the actual mafia drama is like something to do. Like you can almost hear the writers yada yadaing through it where they're like, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. something with the unions and the customs. And <laughs> and it's great because like the truth is like we don't really care that much about it. Uh, they, we don't care about enough. the intricacies. Yeah. And they did a great job, I think, of like making it so that like the scene where uh, Tony calls Chrissy to tell him uh, all the stuff he has to do. Uh, is not about learning the stuff that he's, you know, about the scam he's running with the Longshoremen's Union or whatever the fuck. It's mostly to show Chrissy being so unprepared <laughs> yeah. for this fucking position. So fucking he's unprepared that he has to write on a pillow because he's so, yeah. he's, he's still in bed uh, with, yeah. you know, a dope hangover probably at 10 a.m. and... But mm-hmm. that's a perfect like we like I think last week you guys were talking about how AJ is dumb dumb Chrissy is smart yeah. dumb in that like he knows yeah. he needs to write this down so he's gonna <laughs> yeah. ruin a pillowcase like if it works yeah yeah I mean and I you know I feel for him too because like being uh, just you know being caught unprepared for a time when you need a pen and a piece of paper <laughs> yeah. is. Full on panic. Full on panic. Yeah. You're just like, also, this is it. He didn't, he thought of like writing on a pillowcase before he thought of getting out of bed. Like, just go <laughs> yeah. and look in the other room. You for yeah. sure have a piece of paper in your house somewhere. I don't know. I, I, I feel like Christopher <laughs> yeah. and Adriana are the type of people that may not have pieces of paper in the house. <laughs> there's not yeah, a single yeah. book in that apartment. <laughs> no. Right? no, no, there's no book. Like, you know, and uh, I feel like you know Cosette their little dog has used up all the newspaper and uh, <laughs> yeah. that's like there's there's no paper in that entire house he's, he's lucky he found a pen that's my you know that's <laughs> yeah. the bane of my existence but um yeah uh Tony's hanging hanging out bored at malls and doesn't know what to do with himself so he goes to check on Piomai and uh you know we get to see that whoa, lovely horse again whoa, whoa sweet Piomine <laughs> Nice. Well, you know what? You should do a parody song mm, once yeah. in a while. Yeah. <laughs> and then I could sit there and not laugh. Um, so uh, I'm just kidding. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, so he goes to check on Piomai, and uh, that's when we meet uh, fucking Valentina, mm. the fucking queen of pranks. The Joker. Who is, yeah, she's the Joker, dude. Yeah, <laughs> she's see. She's a proto-YouTuber. <laughs> yeah. I know. This, to me, like, this perfectly, uh, like, the the good thing about The Sopranos is that it never really shows you, like, how cool the mafia is without showing you all the ba- the bad part about bad parts about it like immediately so like valentina is the perfect double-edged store- sword of what it's like to have a mistress where it's like yeah yeah you can like have sex with uh new women but guess what you're still you're gonna have to deal with even more of their bullshit too and <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah, like- the, the idea that it's like every woman Every Gumar, it really is a mystery box, you know, like kind of literally like they have a mystery box. You don't know what you're going to get. And sometimes what you get is uh, cool pranks. Yeah. And you uh, get salt on your steak. You get you get stage 10 clinger uh, Gloria. You get. Yeah, uh, I know. You get like Eastern European fucking drama with arena. Yeah. And now you get like the Prankosaurus Rex. Uh, with yeah. Valentina, which is uh, of all the quirks of his mistresses, I think this one might be the most annoying. Yeah, no, that to <laughs> me is is uh, is the most sociopathic of all because the rest of them have been like people g- going through either like you know emotional trauma or whatnot, and I think that's like you know that's not on them to have that going on. Um, but like Valentina is just a crazy sociopath who just thinks that like annoying people is funny and is like, <laughs> you know, she's like cornering him at, you know, places and being like, why won't you fuck me at least twice a week? And you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Like this is a, well, I mean, it makes a crazy sense. He's one. sort of scraping the bottom of like the mistress barrel because like his target demo is someone who really wants to fuck a married mob boss, which uh, yeah. you're going to get some psychos in that. <laughs> you're going to get psychos. It's true. It is definitely that that's, that's truer words, Vince. Um, but, but yeah, like this living with someone who's doing pranks all the time, like there's, there's a few I things. I that, can't think of a worse fate. <laughs> yeah. Especially these types of pranks where it's like, there's zero thought behind these pranks. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, no. What is in front of me that will ruin the next minute of your life? I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it really is like uh, proto YouTube shit. Like it reminds yeah. me of one of my favorite prank videos uh, from the internet. It's an early prank video of a guy, a British guy, pulls up his sunglasses and he's about to start a vlog, and then his roommate just slaps him in the face, <laughs> and he says, "I can't believe you've, can't done, believe this. you've done this." <laughs> and uh, it's it's one of the like. It's not even, it's like, is this a prank? Was this an assault? What just happened? My my favorite was, uh, it was like a high school prank. And Mm -hmm. it was like, clearly these kids are in like their video productions class. 
and they're like interviewing uh this black kid and right next to like this like one of those big trash cans with the lid <laughs> oh, yeah. and a guy pops oh, yeah. out of it with a mask on and without even thinking the black kid just turns and fucking decks him right in the face and, right in the face and he falls back inside the trash can and the lid closes and i still remember <laughs> like yeah. the top comment on it which was haha he went back inside <laughs> i'm telling you it's like the 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 most base lizard brain reaction like in terms of comedy where it's just like uh, that is caveman funny shit yeah where you're just like you went back in the best also you try to go out you go back in that could ever happen in a prank video is that the prankster gets knocked out like those are the like the ones that are my favorite that i always remember Especially That's in a serial like yeah. that, where it's like the man, his response was reasonable. His yes. response to punch the thing coming out of the trash <laughs> yeah. can. Yeah. No one is allowed to be mad at him for that. No. Not a not. jury in the world would convict him. <laughs> no. And yeah. he looked like he felt terrible about it, but that was just his like <laughs> yeah. gut level, like, oh my God. That, yeah, that guy has some like <sighs> fucking lightning fast, like emotional synapses where it goes from <laughs> fear to punch to sorry, yeah. like immediately. Um, but yeah, I actually I have a clip of them uh uh meeting Valentina um and then her pulling her first prank. Fuck this horse whispering shit. Tony Valentina. Valentina Tony Soprano. And this my Chiquita banana is pie oh my. She's beautiful. There's no stopping this horse. She's gonna go all the way to the breeders. I also like that uh Ralphie cannot help doing racism to anyone that he's with or means. <laughs> Come here, Suck. I think I have something in my eye. Let Dr. Ralphie have a look. The fuck? <laughs> I can't believe you did this to me. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> I can't believe you've done this. Beautiful prank. Me. There's another great oh, line. So funny. In that uh, in that sequence where Ralphie says "Fucko, where's the hose?" Uh, which yeah. <laughs> is such a Joey Pants line to me. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, he was born saying "Fucko." That was yep. like that was his first name <laughs> <laughs> until the age of three, and he changed it to Joey. Um, yeah, no, it, it, he's got the perfect face and voice for a guy who calls people fucko on a regular basis. It's also like a great misdirect because like the idea that Ralphie is dating a woman who is constantly pranking him. Like you think that that storyline is going to be like, Oh, he's obviously going to kill her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but oh yeah. Yeah. But what's great about it is that like instead as we dig further into this relationship or at least dig into how Ralphie feels about this relationship, he like readily says, I'm going to have to marry this girl. He loves her <laughs> and it fits in so perfectly with his sexuality. Cause right. of course he loves someone who like <laughs> keeps humiliating him yes. regularly. <laughs> like it's just like every time she pulls a prank on him, he gets more horny about it and uh you know it just it just works it works for him which you know god bless him you know sometimes you know you find the perfect girl out there who just you know she hits all the good spots um and then you go and you jerk yourself off in the bathroom yeah but um and she decides of course, tony she quickly decides that uh well that's the other thing about you know having a gumar is that um if if you're ralphie you clearly are fucking someone who wants to fuck like a captain but uh, you know right. you can't take her to meet the boss of all bosses without her obviously wanting to fuck that guy now, because yeah, 
She's clearly I mean, attracted it makes to you, that part. You got to be really secure with, in your relationship with your Gumar to like introduce them to Tony. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that to me, I, I can't imagine being that secure in, in, that, even now, in a like real relationship. Now I'm one because now that makes me wonder, did Ralphie on some level know this would happen? And he like because he gets off on being humiliated. Did he think that Tony would make a move? Maybe he, like him being cucked was part of it. Like, yeah. maybe. I mean, who knows? I it's mean, like it, I like it's, to I like to think that, you know, Ralphie's kind of like the uh, he's kind of like a foppish dandy. He's he's sort of the clothes horse of yeah. the whole crew. And so in mm-hmm. his mind. He probably thinks that these women like him because he's like so stylish and and sharp and sophisticated, and uh, and he probably thinks like, oh, of course she's like she's if she's attracted to me, there's no way she's going to be attracted to this fat slob with a leather yeah. in, in a leather jacket. But he's it's missing not the his power. Own, she's yeah. into it's the ascot. That's yeah. what's bringing him around. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's a it's a good ascot. Looks good on him, dude. Joey I've Pants. Never, I've never seen anyone day. else pull off an ascot. That's for sure. He's very good at it, you know? That's why he's uh, such a fucking... He's a good earner because people see the ascot and the ascot is respect. Yeah, <laughs> That's it's right. part of it. But uh, yeah, so she obviously immediately wants to fuck him and takes him, you know, to uh, to a guy who's going to paint his horse, which is, uh, you know... <laughs> Uh, leads to much more interesting scenes later in the series. But for now, you just see it as an excuse to be alone with Tony. Tony, of course, immediately jumps on it. Um, I got to think that And then she pulls her second prank. That's a very, like, pre-financial crisis grift is uh, painting rich people's horses. Like, he's probably doing great. (laughs) And then... And, you know, nowadays and then, it's just making an nft out of a horse's image you know like that's <laughs> sure. yeah that's that's how that's the future of like uh financial high art griffs um but yeah it is i, I mean you know her whole like job is she's like an art dealer or some shit yeah. or she runs a ga- gallery but then later or, we see her working at a frame store so like unclear exactly like what which she's is doing. I think that's wonderful. I love that she works at a frame store, but she's like, I'm an art dealer. You know, it's like, that's, that sounds about right. It's, uh, that's how you would frame yourself. Uh, pun intended. So then Tony, but, um, Tony fucks her. And then she pulled, like, she seems like a daredevil because she's pranking Ralphie. Who's obviously like a homicidal sociopath. And then yeah. she's fucking with Tony's food. And I don't know. I don't know. Like just speaking for myself, the worst type of prank you could ever do to me is like fuck with my food or like make yeah. me make me waste like a plate of food that I'm all excited <laughs> yeah. to dig into. Yeah. Like nothing would make me hate you more. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh, it's a daring, daring prank. She does the uh, take the loosen the, the salt cap and make them put salt on something and spill it all over their shit, which is not only like daring in terms of like he might get mad at you um but also daring in terms of just heart disease i mean that dude (laughs) is not a healthy dude yeah giving him a sodium bomb look at him he's not gonna not eat the steak he (laughs) literally just takes a knife and he like spreads it he's just like i'll spread (laughs) it like butter it's also jesus it's a prank for an audience of one i mean usually like the goal of a prank is there's like a group around and you can all have a laugh about it but when it's yeah. you and one other person and you piss off that other person with no uh, audience mm-hmm. around. Woo. Yeah, you're just yeah. laughing at your own joke at yeah. that point. <laughs> I saw recently one of the worst prank videos that I've seen. Um, it was 
a guy at a driving range and right as he is about to hit the ball uh his bro ass friend just throws a uh, a bottle of mustard and he ends up hitting the mustard and it splatters everywhere and and that dude is the guy who throws it is laughing his ass off and then they pan around with the camera and everyone's angry at him and I, it, no one's laughing and i'm just like I want to see, like, they should have kept this video going. Like, I want to see that laughter die down and turn into shame at some point, you know? Because, <laughs> yeah. like, like that is just, oh, that's, it's, again, it pranks for no one. It's pranks for yourself. And I feel yeah, like that, that is uh doesn't weird. feel shame. That's never going to happen. No. That person's never yeah. Gonna... yeah, there is no justice in the world. Though people like that are always going to fucking do those pranks and they're always going to laugh and it's only going to be for them and you know good for them i love the freedom of that to not care what anyone thinks and just to do horrible shit to people doing it for the love of the game purely love of the game (laughs) um unfortunately for valentina um turns out the joke's on her so she's been getting pranked this whole time in this relationship with ralphie because ralphie uh, does not fuck. He likes to be humiliated. He likes to get fucked. He likes weird <laughs> shit to happen to him. Um, and now being just being in that relationship with Ralphie is pro- precluding her from getting uh, into a relationship with a higher ranking mafioso in Tony. And Tony tries to break it off with a necklace in which he, I love when he <laughs> great, changes great the card. Scene. Yeah, you think he's reconsidering breaking up with her, but he actually just changed uh love tony to uh regards or sincerely (laughs) yeah like best or something yeah Yeah. which uh is is a a fantastic little misdirection um because he doesn't you know he's uh he mostly just wanted to you know he just wanted to claim her for that moment to know knowing that he could and then kind of fucking move on from there um like he 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 was not interested in continuing especially because ralphie was involved and that's when um tony finds out from valentina that ralphie's got a bunch of weird kinks ralph does not have sex like other people regular people ralph is loco for real okay he just makes me do stuff not really even sexual like last night i just wanted him to fuck me just so i can get back at you but all he wanted me to do was drip candle wax on his balls, and then he went into the bathroom and jerked himself off. Now, I don't call that having sex with someone. Oh, Jesus H. Christ. Last week, I swear to God, he told me to rub his dick raw with the cheese grater. Get the fuck out of here. I wouldn't do it. I told him to fuck off. <laughs> you just, uh, you know, he's got a bunch of weird kinks, and now Tony, Tony is interested, you know? Tony is like, I gotta know more about this. Well, if there's you no penisary contact with Volvo... Uh, he he needs to know if there's penis area contact with Volvo, G- and he starts like asking around. But Gandolfini is doing incredible face acting in that scene too. Mm. When he's reacting yes. to these things she's saying, his face is ve- like a very convincing. Like I don't know what you're talking. This is so beyond what I am capable of understanding. And how does yeah. it fit into whether or not we can fuck? What's going on here? Yeah, it's also yeah. A very. It's it's a very male uh, relationship because someone could be like your closest male friend, and then you find out that they have some weird kink, and you're just like, I had no idea. It's just <laughs> you can be really good friends with, with dudes and not know any of their weird sex things, which is weird for me because it's just like, 
you like I I want to know that stuff. That's how I get close to people. Is I tell them about quicksand porn. You know, mm. I, t- I I tell them about eating butts and fucking a silicone butt. It's like I th- uh, that's how I relate. You know, but some people like they just keep that shit close to the vest, um, which is probably an appropriate thing to do at a workplace. But um, I guess I'm just a rebel like that. I guess I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, he's now asking around um and trying to find out more information and in one of my favorite scenes i think this might actually be my favorite um he asks sill <laughs> and uh you know like he just it's a, the first time he's ever talked about this publicly out loud and he asks the initial question to sill and sill <laughs> gives the greatest answer what, fucking ever let me ask you a question the grouse a little weird about women I don't know, Tom. I mean, uh, he beat one to death just for, uh... <laughs> I forget. I was it again? <laughs> one of the greatest scenes in Sopranos history, probably. I mean, he's such a good console yeti, dude. He's really good. Like, that's exactly, like, he just immediately went there. He's hey, like, Tom, oh, I don't know, Tony. Not, not for nothing, but, uh, you know, he, he did uh, beat one to death. Yeah. Not <laughs> just, like, for... What? What? Why was that? Again? <laughs> yeah. Why did he do that? As if there is an excuse like out there that makes sense, you know? Um, yeah, just fantastic sill work. Uh, you know, props to sill, always coming in in the clutch. Um, and then he's going through and he's asking, uh, he's asking Tony, or sorry, he's asking Melfi about it, and um, and, and it, it becomes clear in the scene where he's talking to Melfi about this that uh, he is like he's kind of i don't know i feel like whatever happened to plain old fucking is his new uh whatever happened to gary cooper yeah you know what i mean i feel like, like that when i watch the porn nowadays yeah that's true because <laughs> yeah, there's stuff in i'm very vanilla yeah. you know and i don't like it like i like it when the girl is like nice to the penis you know but na- but now <laughs> all they ever do is try to shove it as far down their throat as they possibly can and there's like all sorts of spit and stuff and it's like i'm always like yeah. i feel like tony i'm like hey what whatever happened to just like a nice blowjob yeah whatever happened to a nice polite blowjob like the french used to do i like you know? a nowadays people are, are gagging <laughs> Now, how Please come vomit thanks. is included? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's uh, it, it definitely is like for for Tony, who probably in some way has kind of like he he has this thing where he has like a traditionalized Catholic view of sex, and that includes like titty fucking gumars. You know, like he's 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 put that in there. That's still like something Jesus is somewhat okay with, you know, at least on some level. But he he draws the line at like this S and M stuff, and so he's and this, uh, yeah. This is the scene where Melfi talks about cucking, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And now is- I don't know about y'all, but I feel like I didn't I didn't know about cucking until like three years ago. So to see that, like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like The Sopranos is so ahead of the curve on on so much of this stuff, like. Bottoming yeah. from the top also yeah. seems like mm-hmm. something that you could have seen on Twitter yesterday. But yep. like mm-hmm. in 2003, Janice is just saying this after she irons some eight by tens onto a giant T-shirt. That's amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's such a great sight gag is that she's yes. making a T-shirt with Bobby and he's so big that you can fit both kids side by side. <laughs> yeah. Like that's just another another perfect David Chase fat joke. Like, you know, he was behind that somehow. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. I he mean, just hires these people I, so he can constantly make make fat jokes about them. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he needs more fat people in his life just so he can just uh, ridicule them and then watch them die too young. It's uh, it's David Chase's favorite thing. So, to but do. in that Melfi sequence, um, I think it's funny that uh, she she like tries to get out of the conversation when he starts talking about his like Gumar too much, and uh, that was sort mm-hmm. of an open question for me. Like, is that? Is that her being jealous? Like, why? Like, she's always like the. She's trying to huh. dig and get him to reveal everything, but all of a sudden he starts going into uh, like sex stuff and his mistress, and she's like, "You know what? I I got to get out of here. I got another patient." That's interesting because I I just assumed that it was just because of the other patient that she was like, "We got to wrap this up." Um, but it's possible that he, you know, is uh, you know, that she maybe is into him and is feeling uncomfortable um or guilty or i don't know i'm not sure i just saw it as like you know tony is always just kind of rolling on his own schedule and uh sometimes that includes uh other people's psychiatric time she's but she's kind of like a battered wife of therapists though like she's constantly making excuses for tony everybody's always telling Mm -hmm. her to drop him as a client like he basically like you know yeah threatens to beat her up multiple times and she still yeah, uh, yeah. hangs in there yeah she's still like i can fix him you yeah. know it's very yeah. uh uh it's uh it's true and th- definitely she's, she's carmella if she read yeah. too many books you know yeah right exactly yeah no no you you might be right maybe that was uh her reasoning behind it but uh but all in all, uh, it's one of my uh, it's one of the therapy scenes that I enjoy because uh, it's kind of a uh, again a self aware uh, scene of therapy because you got Melfi once again saying like it probably has something to do with uh, the mother being very controlling and she's <laughs> and he's just like is everything really have to do with our fucking mom <laughs> and she gives this look like. Yeah, that's kind of what the whole practice of psychotherapy is based <laughs> yeah. on. Um, yeah, and I don't know like, any other you know, way. Are you the one to ask that question? Are you questioning yeah, right. whether or not it's about your mom, Tony? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, you know, Tony might just be surprised that he's not the only one with a terrible mother. Well, but, it's also uh, it's a good therapy scene because it's not just about it's not about like plumbing the obvious subtext of previous scenes like tony is in there with Mm -hmm. a purpose which is like he wants to find out whether ralphie's and this girl have fucked and that's his only purpose in there and they're they're both like playing each other and those are the best therapy scenes on the show is when they're when they're both playing each other in some way yeah yeah and it's not just kind of like rehashing previous scenes but with like I don't know, with the writer kind of like giving you their insight yeah. uh, into or explaining to you what art they're doing. Um, but yeah, so it, and it, it leads to Tony uh, attempting to play Freud with Ralphie, which is uh, a great scene uh, in and of itself, just like as a self-contained scene, because you really get to see um, you get to see Tony for the first time psychoanalyzing uh, Ralphie without like i don't know he does it kind of slyly because the first thing that happens is adriana comes in and he immediately ralphie immediately is like ah hon you forgot my uh, my olives you should know what your regular customer's like and um she's you know she's like fuck off you know you're not my regular customer um and then tony is like why do you 
why are you messing with her? And he's like, ah, oh, no, it's banter, which is a great, I think that's <laughs> yes. a great excuse. We're doing banter. You know, I call her a cunt. She gets mad. Everyone has fun. It's like Seinfeld. Um, but, uh, but Tony says, I don't think she likes it or you. And it's like, it's like Tony is seeing like, I don't think this guy understands yeah. women. Well, it's <laughs> and, great that like this all took place. Um, not because Ralphie beat a stripper to death outside of the outside of the strip club. Like he never yes. really questioned Ralphie's weird sex thing until now <laughs> when he's trying to find out whether uh, they're having sex with the same girl. Like that's that that was the yeah. inciting event, not any of the yeah, other stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like no, no. Seeing someone beat their uh, gumar to death is something that I can put in this like you know, kind of normal column for the mafia, but uh, you liking <laughs> yeah. to get fucked in the ass, you know, with a gun is a, that's a bridge too far for Tony. Um, and, and he's yeah, doing I, so much, he's, Tony's doing so much psychological work to determine whether or not he can have sex with this person based on Ralphie, a person he hates, but his wife yeah. never even enters. Like that's not a part of the equation at no, all. No, 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 no. But like uh, I, respect and uh, property yeah. and so forth. Yeah, and there's also part of me, and this isn't made clear at all, this is just my own theory, but there's part of me that is wondering if maybe uh, this will make him gay by the transitive property, you know, <laughs> like, is it, is it gay to fuck someone who used to fuck someone who's, like, doing some gay shit? Like, there's, yeah. there's, part, of, there's part of me that thinks that any mafioso, like, any kind of sexual proclivity that's not in, like, the the normal uh lot the normal lanes of sex is possibly gay like like you know like cunnilingus is there's a whole episode where they're just like is it gay to go down on a girl and it's like you know so there's part of him that thinks like maybe this makes me gay if i keep seeing valentina like i don't know that's that's my own personal theory yeah um but then we got to talk about the i want to say the best storyline because they're all good in this episode but yeah polly and nucci it's again the Sopranos is way ahead of the curve because, you know, maybe like a month ago I just watched that documentary about the villages retirement community. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it basically the whole thing is that uh, the retirement community is is like college, but for retirees, and everybody's got the same clicks and shit. And this is exactly the same, where like Nucci is being uh, harassed by the mean girls of her retirement mm-hmm. community. I know. And it's so sad because like, you know, Nucci is, she's so helpless. She's so helpless. Like the, the, the opening scene with Nucci, um, I actually, I, I have a clip of that opening scene. So if there's anything you need, anything at all, you just press this button. Which one? This one that I'm showing you. <laughs> Safety first. Paulie, did they bring my bath mat? The first time, Ma. Yes. <laughs> I just, I love, you like, which one? This one right here. I'm showing you the button. And she's so helpless that she can't, she can't follow the button. Yeah. Like, pressing a button is literally the only way life alert works. And that's for anybody. Reminding me so you much know? of my grandma. Just like the willful, the willful misunderstanding. You can tell they're just doing it uh, for more attention somehow. Like, they actually yes. understand. Yeah. But they're, they're like willfully pretending not to. 
because it's the Sopranos, like, even though it's very sad that she's being bullied and she's this old lady, they have to make sure you know that, like, but she kind of sucks. Like, yeah. That, there's <laughs> yeah. A reason. yeah. It's not like they decide, they, they just don't want to hang out with her because she's a pain in the ass. <laughs> yes. Like, the same reason you don't want to hang out with your new chi is the same reason these women, they make, she makes them feel old because she's always doing old lady shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is one of, one of the, like, the, my favorite Polly moments too in this episode. Polly's it's just such a good Polly episode. But like Polly, you know, is very defensive of the fact that Min and Cookie both are like trying to get her to not sit with us. And she's like he's, you know, he's very, very uh mad at them about this and can't understand it because it's his sweet old mother. But in that scene where the woman who runs green grove just tells him like all the problems with Nucci, (laughs) he, Oh, it's so good. I I have a clip of that. Your mother's going to have to learn to accept responsibility for her own behavior. Like what? Go ahead. For one thing, she cries a lot. She's always in tears at mass in the exercise room. At music appreciation. She's got a big heart. Let me finish. She doesn't always put her teeth in. The girls don't like that. This is not good. Right. Also, she's a tattletale. She tells on the other girls for the slightest infraction. She's just not very adept at making friends. <laughs> this is not good. Like, it's so good. Like, it's so good. I mean, and part of the reason that I liked that documentary about the villages so much was that... Uh, like when old people are interacting and they don't like someone, like they've lost the, they don't feel the, the need to put on airs anymore. They're like, I don't have to yeah. waste my time with people that I don't like anymore. And that's so yeah. this episode, like those two women are just like, no, I, we've lived too long. We don't need to, <laughs> yeah. we don't need to put up with like people that just suck your, the energy from you anymore. Yeah. And, and, and in all fairness, they are right. They're right about yeah. that. Uh, I mean, you know, like when I think it's men or cookie, I forget, I get to get them confused is, um, is like saying, you know, I, I've earned the right to not hang out with people that I don't like. You, you know, I, I can't argue with that no. as much as yeah. it pains me because Nucci and seems that, like such a poor, helpless woman, but you realize that, like, well, you know, th- she's. This is all a thing that she is. She's just like this. No one wants to yes. be near this. Yeah, and that's why that blackjack scene is great because it just shows how like, ugh, you fucking ruined my blackjack. <laughs> like your presence yeah. made this experience worse because you don't yeah. you don't understand this game or something. Yeah. I don't have time for this. And that's such a fucking gambler thing too. Is that uh, you are you have ruined like the magic that makes them get their correct card because yeah. you have played it right. correctly because it's like yes. you're getting you're drawing cards at random but <laughs> still you're playing woulda coulda shoulda with other people on the you, fucking table to get back to that scene Polly um the face he makes when he finds out that his mom is a snitch is <laughs> wildly funny yeah it's like him just saying this is not good after learning about the teeth is one thing but that face was like both like shock at how how could my mother be like this but also a realization of like oh my god i have a big mouth my mother has a big mouth this shit is hereditary like knowing that these genes have been passed on that they both do not know when to shut the fuck up and (laughs) uh and that's gotta you know that's gotta hurt a little bit but great great acting by uh Pauly Galtieri, whatever his real name is. Tony Sirico? 
Yeah. Is that his real name? Yeah. yeah. Right. Great, great acting by Tony Sirico. Um, and then finally, uh, I mean, let's get into just uh, the the Carm stuff real quick. The telltale Carmelo nail, as I called this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is uh, it's deeply intertwined with Carmela, um, uh, with uh, Victoria, Victoria, Valentina, Valentina and uh, Tony uh, in that like. Carmela wants to get financial independence. This has been a whole season's worth of this, which, um, I mean, I just got to say to anyone who's watching along with uh, the podcast, um, season five, you want to see peak Edie Falco fucking storylines and acting season five. I got to say season four is way, way too focused on the on the fucking financial bullshit. It's it's interesting, but it's also you don't see Edie Falco at her like peak of her brilliance. Um the stuff with Furio is great, but this shit I don't care about. But she goes and um, you know, she's she finds uh, you know, <laughs> Valentina's whorish nail, the telltale nail. <laughs> Which by the way, and, it's uh, also telltale because uh, any woman with nails that long, you know, is completely fucking crazy. Like you will never meet a non-crazy woman with uh, nails that long. They're, you know, they're now they're becoming relatively normalized now. So I think, like back in the day, that was just a whorish nail. That one now even I know had, people like, Swarovski crystals on it and shit. Yeah, I don't necessarily yeah, think no. it's it's whorish, but it's definitely like you're a crazy person. Well, there. I think she's just an early adopter, and I think she's totally normal. Sure, uh, normalize, sure. normalize uh, pranking clingers. Um, but yeah, so she then spends the rest of the time trying to take money from the bird feed, uh, and uh, and she eventually succeeds. And does um, the mostly whole, she fa- just like yeah. the whole passive aggressive thing she does is just fucking perfect like the fact that yeah she steals like at first you think she's gonna just gonna dump water on tony in the shower like a, a you know like like a child but she's like no 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 no. i do way higher level pranks which is that i'm gonna <laughs> steal this money not tell him i've stolen this money and then wait to see whether he will bring up the fact that i stole the money like that is just but also yeah. leave the nail yeah. where i know leave he the will nail. see it yes. so everybody Somewhere, knows yeah. what's going on yeah. but no one's gonna Put say that, anything yeah that Master conspicuously <laughs> conspicuously placed piece of evidence of your infidelity just right on the bedstand like say something bitch and she's being <laughs> sweet She's like, uh, he asked, like, oh, I was thinking about decaf. And she's like, I can make decaf. What do you want to talk about, Tony, you fucking cheating bitch? And Because uh, really, all she, asks is, all she asks is for so little, where it's like, yeah, like, I know you have gumars. Just be smart enough not to leave the fucking evidence in your pocket, yes. you fat piece of shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. I love in that scene when AJ comes in and he sits in it for like he just sits in it for like one minute and is like, "You guys are being insane. I need to leave yeah. the room." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He nopes the fuck out of there so yeah. fast. Did you see the pool boy? I'm out. I don't know what this is about, but all I know is learning about it will be traumatic. Um, so yeah, so he uh, he nopes the fuck out, and then there's this uh, quiet standoff. N- neither, you know, this is almost like a, uh, a kind of a similar ending to Employee of the Month, where they just uh, it, we end on a no, you know, yeah. and just like nothing, not talking about it, you know, mm-hmm. fucking uh, you don't cone need of to. silence. Yeah, yeah, no need to talk about it. Um, but 
there's also uh you know furio yeah. I, like honestly i'm so over yeah. the fucking furio whether him and Carm are gonna hook up storyline at this point i do not care at all even well, his, I, his I, uncle or whatever was right he's like yeah dude fucking yeah. it was worth it it's worth it for that uncle though that was that <laughs> yeah, was I a great that scene uncle. that uncle just like i mean he says one of the most brilliant lines that i think i even asked my dad about if this was true um uh where he said he lived a good life you know uh he he fucked a lot of women and that's all you can really hope for you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh I, I think i at one point i did say to my dad like do you ever just think back about different women that you've had sex with and been like you know i did pretty good and he was like you know everything before your mother was a waste of time but he's depressed <laughs> so he says stuff like that um but uh, yeah like i i thought that was a great line and his immediate turn after he's like oh run to the if you are in love run to the woman <laughs> and he's like it's it's the boss's wife and he's like what the fuck is the matter with you boy? <laughs> yeah you yes, are fucking this, stupid hey, as shit fozo. One minute ago, he established the only measure of a good life is how many chicks you bang, and then he's immediately like, "Do not bang this chick. <laughs> yeah. What is wrong with you?" Yeah, there's a lot of other girls out there, man. <laughs> yeah. If all of all of the stupid shit I've done in my life, I have never thought to be that fucking dumb. Like, oh, and and yeah, he gives him the best advice, and he's like, uh, "Let it go. Don't let it get. You know, no harm done." And then he he implants the you know you. Uh, the only way you could get away with it is if you killed him, which I feel deserved the follow up because you should have said, which of course you can't do because then you will also die. So mm-hmm. case ah, closed. But I instead, think he could get away with it, it if there. he did it. It's just having that kind of ah, boldness. I, I mean, you have to be pretty bold to kill a boss just yeah, to fuck Gotti his wife. Did. You got to, oh. but then you got to run off with the wife. I mean, it seems like sure. the logistics. Yeah, it's a, a logistical move. nightmare. And then you got to hope that Carm's cool with it. It's too much. It's too much. Well, yeah, he knows but, that. Um, yeah. Um, let's get into favorite, least favorite before we hop on out of here. Um, let's see. Vince, did you have a favorite? Mm. you have a least favorite? I mean, that's easy. I mean, I had a lot of favorites, but uh, yeah. definitely I think the the top at the top with a bullet is uh, still being, you know, is, is he weird with women? Well, he did beat one to death. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a fantastic Top of line. the bullet. Um, least yep. favorite. Overall, I, I loved this episode top to bottom. The only weird thing I thought was just the way that they begin that dinner scene where it's like, uh, there's like a weird close-up on a painting of Italy. Like you think they're going into a dream sequence. Uh, and yes. I didn't yes. really get it, but it didn't, didn't like yeah. ruin anything for me, but it was just odd. Yeah, same. Uh, I f- same favorite and same least favorite. Um, just because I was, yeah, I was confused by kind of the filmmaking. I was just like, because they had that that Italian, you know that song. Um, but also, that's all Italian song. Yeah. But to to not repeat yours, um, one of the things I love, it's not a scene, but it's kind of like a theme or motif almost that they do, um, that uh, it's the Sopranos singing in the shower. It's just a nice little touch (laughs) to know they both sing in the shower. Like you've got uh, Carmela singing the fucking Italian song and probably dreaming about Furio. And you've got (laughs) 
Tony singing, "We don't need no do da di da." <laughs> We don't need no thought control. Like, I fucking, I love, I love that he's a Pink Floyd guy. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Brent, do you have a favorite, least favorite? I think my favorite scene that we haven't talked about really is the scene with Janice. How uh, oh, Tony yeah. asks her if, to, like, about Ralphie sex, and she immediately establishes a moral high ground. <laughs> yes. Of, like, yes. when it's, tr- it's clear she just wants a high ground so that she can leverage this for money. And, and, Tony, and Tony's, Tony's like, little, like, nod. Go. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. game recognized game. Like, how did yeah, you know? Yeah, how yeah, did yeah. you come to $3,000? And she says, yeah. I thought you'd say yes. And he says, you're right. Go ahead. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. They, yeah, there really was a game recognized game moment in there where he's it's like I mean it's just it's routine where he's <laughs> like, All right, you do the thing where you pretend to be outraged about me even asking, <laughs> yes. you, then you're gonna get some money from me, then I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. It's pretty brilliant uh, and then yeah least favorite i don't know the scene with the like gumar dinner i was just confused because mm. because it's like it's not vesuvio i don't know who these women are but it seems yeah. like the parisi is talking to this lady like we've been together 25 years so it's like are you with your wife and everyone else is with their gumar right like, it just didn't really oh, i didn't even think about sense. that that's a very yeah. good point N- no yeah yeah you're right i think that was um parisi uh, has been with his Gumar for a long period of time. And I think he brings it up uh, at Melfi's office when he talks about kind of like... Oh, maybe you, that's what that was well, a you reference might be right. to. Okay. Yeah. You know, people who have like uh, multiple families, or I forget how he put it, but you know... Yeah. He's got uh, two families be- and, and his one wife busts his balls identical to the first. <laughs> yeah, I think he's talking about Patsy Parisi in that. And uh, yeah, yeah, that was to me is... Uh, you know, it was an interesting scene because I just like I like um I like banter. I like when mafiosos sit around and just banter with each other. But it also yeah. was confusing. I agree completely. Mm-hmm. Um but uh yeah, um real gangster of this episode is uh you know, people who enjoy pranks. I think we can all agree. There was no nine eleven in this episode, so um Brent, I'm sorry. Uh if you want to say an who you think ready. did nine eleven. Yeah, do you want my oh, I prepared shit. an answer? I think by by not getting on the plane and preventing 9-11, effectively, Mark Wahlberg is responsible for 9-11. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. That is a good call. Yeah. His his negligence led to those buildings coming down. Yeah. Damn. That's a fucking good point. You know, Seth MacFarlane was supposed to be on that that plane originally. Add him to the list. Really? Yeah. Damn. He didn't fly that. A lot of people, a lot of people should have died. (laughs) <laughs> Not that I want him to die, but should have, because, you know, it's only fair. Um, anyways, well, Mark Wahlberg, Seth MacFarlane, you're both canceled again for not stopping 9-11. And uh, all in all, I give this episode a, I don't know, let me see, solid B+. What about you guys? What do you give this Ooh, episode? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, a lot of good stuff, not a lot of bad stuff. Basically, my favorite episode of the season so far. Yeah, yeah, solid B+, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the only, as far as I know, the only Sopranos episode where someone is called a malignant cunt. So it gets <laughs> points for that. Um, I like the idea but, that know, her, her cuntiness could metastasize. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah no, it spread to her lymph nodes. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, for those reasons, solid B. Plus. Solid B. Plus. All right. Well. Solid B plus of an episode of The Sopranos, solid A plus 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 of an episode of Pod Yourself a Gun. 
Brent Flyberg, thanks so much for coming out from behind the pod camera and uh, uh, coming to be a guest on the show you work on. A dream come true. Uh, I've also been yeah. a film drunk reader since I was in college. So this is this is pretty cool for me. Yeah. You're living the dream. You're yeah. working with Vince Mancini. You're <laughs> talking about Sopranos. Every boy's oh. dream. I'm, pretty cool. I really Oh man. I got to ha- I got to have lower stakes. <laughs> in life, you know. <laughs> my my big dream is to work with my favorite blogger. Uh, I'm just kidding, Vince. Vince, you're a genius film critic and check Aww. out my Twitter Aww, to see uh, my favorite uh, Vince Mancini poll quotes uh from rotten tomatoes um and that has been uh our episode before we get out of here we have a couple of new pod yourself a shout out patrons first uh vince is zach peppel oh zach peppel zach zach morris zach the preppy uh we call him bayside you know because he's uh he's like uh zach attack we call him bayside that's that's Zach Attack. We call him Bayside. That's both. Um, (laughs) He's got a lot of nicknames, old Zach. Oh, old Zachy Bayside, Zach Attack. We call him the anti-Semite because he keeps beating up Screech. Um, (laughs) And uh, finally, we have, and this is from Zach Peppel to uh, his good, good friend, Amy Boyer. He bought her a shout out as well. Oh, I love that. uh, Yeah. Amy Boyer. Yeah, isn't that nice? She's uh, she's a first grade teacher, and uh, she apparently listens to the show, loves the show. So, Amy Boyer, what's your what's her nickname? Amy Boyer, Amy Boyardee. We call her the chef. Uh, she... <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Well, you. Know, I mean, you, you keep going. Well, sure. I, I was just gonna bring up Frank Stallone complaining that Chef Boyardee was offensive to Italians, and it was like. <laughs> just everything about it he had this whole screed that where he got everything wrong because like chef boy rd is like based on a real guy who was named boy rd mm. like he's <laughs> like he is not offensive to italians at all it's not even a caricature he's like a proud immigrant yeah. uh success story um yeah like no that's a real guy you can't just <laughs> yeah yeah that's I mean, why like his... sometimes when people when people do like anti-semitic um like jewish names um so, like they're trying to be you know they'll be like oh mr uh, shlomo goldberg over here and i'm like actually i know shlomo that's like <laughs> i know a couple shlomo goldberg <laughs> yeah. they're, they're good people um so yeah that's uh patreon.com slash fraudcast uh for the eight dollar tier pod yourself a shout out you get a cool nickname and go ahead feel free to buy some shout outs for your friends even if they don't listen to the podcast wouldn't it be fun to just hear their names patreon.com slash fraudcast broadcast at gmail.com for all your questions comments concerns vince what's the google voice number 415-275-0030 all right ladies and gentlemen thank you again so much for listening and until next time don't stop believing cool i'm gonna send those uh time codes now and then bounce thanks again for having me it was a lot of fun when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.